Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything tabletop role-playing games. And today we are talking about backgrounds in D&D 5th edition. One, two, Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm so good. It's good. I'm glad you're good. I'm also good. Uh, Why are you so good? Because I have uh, a lot of podcasting experience at this point. You it's, do. It's given me, I start out with a microphone mm-hmm. and a bag to hold on my microphones, mm-hmm. and I have electricity that, yeah, to you plug need that. into. You definitely need that. Yeah, yeah. and a, like a podcaster's guild sort of that I belong to. The secret podcaster's guild that you're not supposed to speak about. Well, I mean, yeah, they pay us. Am I not supposed to talk about them? Oh, you mean the network? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about a secret podcasters guild. <laughs> no, the network. We will uh, leave ambiguous. We will leave ambiguous at this moment. For reasons. For reasons. <gasps> well, Brian, the patrons have voted. What? They continue to have their voices heard. Those you bastards. too. You too can have a modicum of control over the words that we say here on the Dungeon Cast by becoming a patron and getting in on the topic suggestion threads and voting polls. They can? They can. Where can they do that? <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash the dungeon cat. Oh, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah, You're right. Yeah, you yeah, can't absolutely. go there and give give money for your voice to vote with your dollars on the dungeon cat. Sure. Today, the choice of topic for us is the third major piece of building a character outside of class and race mm-hmm. in D&D 5e. Uh, backgrounds. Backgrounds have been a little neglected here on the show. I think the simplicity of their design and the seemingly smaller effect the choice of background has in comparison to their race and class is a factor for why we haven't tackled backgrounds much. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that changes today. Today we're going to talk about our favorite backgrounds while also breaking down what backgrounds are, what they're meant to represent, and analyze their design. Totally. Yeah. I feel like when you character build, you already have your character's background in mind in a story concept. At least I do. I do as well. But and then you I, get to that page in the character building, you're like, oh, I have to pick an official one that gives me like right, extras. Right. I, I agree. My experience is the same, but I think there's a lot of people out there that uh, the the picking of the background is is an important part of how they come up with their character's backstory. It is. Yeah, I do it by accident, but it is mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is important without a doubt. So we will be talking primarily about 5e backgrounds as they currently are. I know at this moment in time, the one D&D playtest is introducing a lot of new ideas to backgrounds, amongst other things. But none of that is official in this moment. 
Uh, and we really don't know what we're going to be getting in 2024 and the new core rules books that are coming out next year. Yeah. So for now, we are going to stick with the current edition of D&D's rules, although I'm sure other systems such as Pathfinder 2nd Edition approach to backgrounds may come up as well. Cool. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be getting back to more of the one D&D content on here as like things become official in the future yeah i i just like to wait because I'll, oftentimes what we get is so different like okay if we want to go back to the unearth arcanas before one D D, all those different unearth arcanas like so many of those got drastically changed when they became official right it just yeah. didn't feel right to do an episode about i mean it would have just been pure conjecture which is fun too but yeah. especially during that time it's like we're covering there's so much to cover um it just i don't know i for me i don't want to get my hopes up and watch the thing I love get destroyed if I if I love it. Yeah, um, while it, those episodes are fun, like conjecture episodes are fun, we, it, yeah. we could cover something concrete instead, and I feel like that's a better use of ours and the audience's time. And I think the so. patrons have spoken. The patrons have spoken. <laughs> They've spoken. <laughs> they, yeah, it's true. It's true. So at character creation, players will choose a class and race for their character as well as a third major choice point in a background. While a character's race tells us about that character's species and possibly their culture, and a character's class informs us of what a character is capable of and the source of their extraordinary abilities, a character's background, theoretically, reveals where a character comes from, how they became an adventurer and or their place in the world up to this point. Mm -hmm. For example... A bard might have been a jester in a court or a wandering oral historian before taking up the life of an adventurer. Both of these backstories may, or sh may share the class of bard and even be of the same race, but due to their background, be wildly different in personality, skill, and more. Uh, choosing a background may not seem to be the most mechanically important of your character creation decisions, even though it is still mechanically important, but it is incredibly important for filling out a fully formed character concept. Right. Um... I mean, I would argue that like you're going to do you're going to need a background regardless of the mechanical implications. But the mechanical stuff is the bonus you get for like yeah. attaching to one. You know, I'd agree with we'll, that. We'll get it. We'll get it. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. And for those who struggle with in-depth backstories, a background choice can provide you with important story cues about your character's identity, giving you a foundation to build on, as you will. Mm hmm. So, and after you have fleshed out the backstory slash background, it's time to ask yourself the most important question connecting the background you came from to the adventurer you became. What changed? Right. Why did you stop doing whatever your background describes and start adventuring? Mm -hmm. And how did you learn the skills of your class? What sets you apart from others who share your background? Yeah. How did you meet in the tavern? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so out of curiosity, Brian, do you happen to have a favorite background? Yeah. Um, hermit. Hermit. Yes. What, what what makes that one your favorite? Just like your. It acid. gives you, uh, it, you know, like one, I, I forget the specific wording, but you know one thing that no one else know. Like you just oh, know yeah, you something have that discovery, random. Discovery, right? Yeah, it's like some existential like bit yeah, of information no. <laughs> that makes you special from others. The, the crazy person that lives alone that mm -hmm. rants about you know the Illuminati or whatever. Yeah, no, that's a good one. That's a, yeah. that's a really good one. But you yeah, that know one that the Illuminati sure. is real. Right, exactly. Because they are. Because they are. Yeah. And you know it from your hermetic meditations. Well, I had to become a hermit because, like, <laughs> because me you existing too much. in society, knowing about the Illuminati was too crazy. Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. No, that's like a <laughs> that's real. That's a good choice. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no I, I do like hermit for that. Yeah. I also like Outlander a lot. Like Outlander's one I get drawn to a lot. That was yeah. my second question. Do you have one that you find yourself drawn to? 
Outlander, times. Soldier. Yeah. Um, For me, Far Traveler is one that I just Far end Traveler up with is really a lot. Good. I don't mean to. I just do. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, that one's like you're from a different plane of existence or a faraway land. Right? Yeah, basically. Um, and then there's one that um, is it Thief or is it Criminal? Criminal. Criminal. Yeah. Criminal's a good Criminal. one. Criminal. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one as well. Yeah. Um, so now let's get into the mechanical aspects of backgrounds. What do you actually get when you choose a background? Backgrounds mm -hmm. usually are made up of four major mechanical components, as well as four suggested characteristic tables. Uh, the first mechanical component a background gives you are two skill proficiencies. At least it's usually two. I think there may be a couple to give more, but I'm not sure. I don't know why I think that. I just do. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> there's there's a, a tickling in the back of Probably my mind that two. tells me there's one out there that gives you three. Okay. But I, I could just be wrong. Uh, generally, a character will receive two skill proficiencies related to their background. For example, the soldier gets athletics and intimidation. And the sage gets arcana and history. Some get to choose from a short list as well. The cloistered scholar, for instance, gets proficiency in history skill, as well as a choice between arcana, nature, and religion. I forgot about sage. Sage is really cool. Sage is pretty cool. I like when my players pick sage. Yeah, it's like, it's always fun as a DM because it's like uh, that feature only does one thing, and that's uh, dig into that great backstory and world building that you've been working yeah, on. Yeah, so. like divulge lore. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you already have a proficiency in a skill your background provides, whether from your class or race, a player can choose to replace that skill with proficiency in another skill from the entire skill list. So no worries about inefficient pairings of class, race, and background. That's nice. You yeah, don't just get nice. burned. Yeah, yeah. The second mechanical gain from a background comes in the form of utility. Most backgrounds provide some combination of language and tool proficiencies. This can, come, this can be one language and one tool, two tools, or two languages. Okay. Yay, more languages. Oh, well, I mean, this is part of the reason why so many characters have so many. <laughs> yeah, th that's true, is you get these two additional. Now, the usefulness of any of these tools or languages is campaign setting dependent. Um, and some proficiencies have a higher tendency to be useful across multiple camp multiple settings slash play styles than others. For example, the criminal thieves tools will be useful across most styles of play, be they dungeon crawl, city sandbox, political intrigue, etc. Basically, any setting with doors, chests, and vaults that are locked, like, yeah, it's gonna come up. While other proficiencies, such as the very same criminal's gaming set, may never see any useful application. Yeah, th what's that like? Cards or dice? Uh, or dragon chess. Or dragon chess. Everybody's favorite past uh, magical pastime. Yeah, absolutely. Fantasy pastime. <laughs> Obviously, it is up to the DM and player to make something like a gaming set useful in story, but even then, it's not likely it will be integral to a campaign's progress. Unless it's a Yu-Gi-Oh-esque setting where every where the very fiber of society has become structured around one skill and prowess in dragon chess <laughs> or three dragon ante. Right. Which would be kind of fun. Like, I would play that game for sure just to see, like, what that campaign style would be. Everybody that sits down to your dragon chess table has their own unique set of sanctioned pieces uh -huh, yeah. from, like, a dragon, like a, you know fucking kaiba corp yep yep that's that i would play it <laughs> i know a lot more about the Yu-Gi-Oh verse than i do about dragon chess which that's I've, true i would remark yeah, absolutely i'd remark more about dragon chess but i know it's i can't equate it exactly to regular chess because it's not that and i mean okay so my understanding is they detailed the rules of dragon chess back in like 1982 or some shit and it's basically just three chess boards on top of each other one represents air units one represents land units and one represents Water units? I don't remember. Underdarkers. Yeah, there we go. 
Oh god. I'm sure the comments will be letting me have it. Oh right yeah, now. I was I was uh that when I didn't get anything you said. I just watched the comment section roll in. They're like, "Actually, it was 1982 and blah blah." I blah, said blah. 1982. Oh damn it. See? <laughs> oh, and then Brian said it again. It's actually 1981 in November. Close, but no cigar. <laughs> Try again next time, guys. Indeed. So next up we get starting equipment. Now, starting equipment from both class and background only comes into play if you are not using the option to give each character starting gold to go shopping with instead, which is what I generally try and do. So I don't I've never actually really used the the background and class starting equipment. It's just never been something I oh, really, really utilize. I, I always um, well, I guess, you know, if you're going to if you want your session zero to take a lot longer that you can watch everybody spend their gold on whatever starting equipment they want. Yeah, I don't watch them, but <laughs> it's hard to like, you know, if you're not on front with your players about what like, hey, this is the kind of thing we're going to be doing. Like if you're if they're in the dark about that and they're just like picking items for, you know, whatever they think mm -hmm. might come and then get burned on it later, mm -hmm. like picking spells that don't work out. Yeah, right. It's, it's right. Yeah. I just take the pack. The pack's know, great. That's me. Yeah, the pack is fantastic. Yeah, do you want to explore? You want to climb more? Or you want to like have more regular stuff? You want a shovel? What do you want? Like, <laughs> pick the pack with the shovel. Indeed. So, depending on your game, this mechanical aspect of backgrounds may just not be a thing in your game. But if it is, there is actually a fair amount of disparity between the values some backgrounds get in comparison to others, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. Uh, to use two extremes when it comes to gold value differences, the noble background comes with a set of fine clothes, a signet ring, a scroll of pedigree, and a purse containing 25 gold pieces, mm -hmm. all coming out to a total value of 45 plus gold pieces. While the urchin background comes with a small knife, a map of the city you grew up in, a pet mouse, a token to remember your parents by, a set of common clothes, and a pouch containing 10 gold, coming out to a total of 10 gold and five silver. So, like, the most of the money is actually in the pouch. Everything else you own is only worth five silver. Yeah, um, okay. Which, you know, it makes sense. A noble, uh, even an estranged one from their estate, likely has more resources and wealth than someone who went from being an urchin to an adventurer. Um, again, so it's not really a criticism, but it's something to note. Uh, in the end, outside of selling your starting equipment outright, both these sets of starting equipment are really RP and story building tools rather than mechanical ones. Yeah. And in that regard, they are of, in my opinion, pretty equal value. Yeah, the role play stuff here is what's <clears throat> really important, like between a noble and, and an urchin, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're a noble, you need to act like it, or that's your background. So you were a noble, but you still have all your stuff on you. So now what? You're just session one going to sell it for swords? Right, right. No, it's it has way more value than what you could actually get for it on the market, for sure, because yeah. it, it's going to give you access to places. Right, and if you're, you know, these backgrounds, they're going to be used in your story, hopefully, so you'll have, like, noble obligations that you may That's or may true. not be fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I actually think both of both the urchin and uh, the, the noble background uh, have more long-term value to the character than some other backgrounds actually get. The the pedigree scroll, the clothes, and signet ring can likely play, uh, come into play from early game to end game, depending on the NPCs and organizations the character is dealing with. Can you imagine your fucking like parents' ward showing up? Like, yeah, wear your fine clothes, boy. Right, gone. Right. <laughs> Sold them, gone? <laughs> and then he beats the shit out of you, and your character like dies. <laughs> Like, okay, I mean, I don't back, know about that. Getting but... dragged back home, son. Damn, damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the same, I feel, goes for the Urchin City map in a city sandbox campaign. Meanwhile, the Fisher's Fishing Tackle, a net and favorite fishing lure or oiled leather uh, wading boots, a set of traveler's clothes, and a belt pouch containing 10 gold pieces have all pretty much outlived their usefulness once the group gets out of early level play. Like, none of that is going to be that useful because, I mean, if you're... 
I mean, unless, unless survival campaigns, it will be like, yeah. Okay. Food. There we go. Like it, it, that's a, a niche thing that usually isn't most campaigns. No, it's not. Um, um you know, you're stopping in town and getting your rations or whatever. Mm-hmm, and yeah. You're, not, you're hand waving it. Right. Like, yeah. And honestly, time. if anybody wants to pick up these things in at the store, they could do it for almost less than less than two gold pieces. True. So like, I don't know. That's that. Not all backgrounds are created equal when it comes to the the sweet sweet RP starting equipment. Yeah. So again, all of this is campaign and group specific, but these are definitely the thoughts that I go through when choosing a background. Um, the final mechanical component of backgrounds is perhaps the most enticing of them all: the background feature. Yeah. This is the meat and potatoes. <laughs> this, yeah. Background features are usually one to two paragraphs long and are useful, but often circumstantial benefits. Uh, that can have some pretty impactful effects on a campaign. They also tend to be passive in nature and require an active effort on the DM side of things to make room for them and properly utilize them when they come up. Uh, Many background features have an effect on what NPCs a DM has to be ready with at a given moment or even dictate how certain NPCs might interact with the character. Background features are one of the very few times 5e mechanics actually have something to say about the RP aspect of the game. Um, So small tangent time. This... This idea that uh, backgrounds literally are, are rules that weigh in on RP is not a criticism. 5e actually has more RP mechanics than 4e D&D had, for example. Okay. Uh, having more complex, detailed social mechanics, downtime mechanics, etc. does not necessarily translate into a better experience. It really comes down to preference and style. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I see a ton of discourse online on this topic. I think when it comes down to it, there's not really a right or wrong way to approach it. No matter where you land on the spectrum between absolutely zero RP mechanics and every single aspect of the game being mechanically spelled out, you will not be able to please everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's because there are pros and cons to either side of the spectrum. Some people really enjoy the unfettered free form RP approach. Uh, this is honestly, in my experience, uh, has always been D&D's philosophy when it comes to RP mechanics. The rules for combat and exploration are extensive, while the RP stuff is left for the players in DM to decide. It's nothing new when it comes to D&D. Right. Now, would you, RP mechanics also include, like, charisma roles? No. I, I mean, that kind of counts. But, I mean, when we talk about charisma roles, I mean, it's pretty bare bones. It's like yeah. if you roll well, theoretically, it should work. Uh, but it's up to the DM to decide how and why it works. Yeah, it's it's all about what table and how they're going to deal with exactly. the role. Like, do you have to say a thing and then your DC is set on the thing you're doing? Or yeah. is it like, you know... Well, while Pathfinder 2nd Edition, if you want to demoralize a foe, it is a very specific check against a very specific defense and a very specific thing happens if it succeeds. Okay. Like, the DM doesn't... Outside of... You know, not following it as as written, the DM does not get to decide how it plays out. Right. Yeah. Um, the Pathfinder is, has that. Pathfinder has that, and they have it for almost everything. Right. They um, they really do. After I was reading a lot more into yeah those types of things, yeah, it's everything is spelled out in Pathfinder. Very much so. Which is my next paragraph here. Some folks want uh, more foundation and structure to build their RP around. That's understandable. I seriously recommend Pathfinder Second Edition. Yeah. It really though. Yeah. It's thus far the only system I have that I have a good understanding of that has uh, some serious structure around social interactions, skill interactions, and other non-combat, non-exploration activities. Like they really, do you want to do a thing? Well, there's an action that is that thing, and you can use that action and just follow the rules as written, and that's how it'll play out. Yeah, I feel like if you tried to, like, I think I've said this in past episodes relating to Pathfinder, is if you really want to parse out, you know, what should happen, 
and think it out logically, you'll probably come to the conclusion that Pathfinder wrote down anyway. Right, right. At least that's what happened with us. That like, happened, well, yeah. what if I tried to D&Dify this, like just thinking about it while we search for it? I was like, we could do this, this, or this, and this could happen. And we get there, and it's like, yeah, that's pretty much what they're, what a, they're saying the to do anyway. same conclusion, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what happened. So back to background features. I really like the RP mechanic benefit a lot of background features give. It makes backgrounds stand out in contrast to class and race options. Uh, some of these uh, types of features that I like in particular are, are Acolyte. So as an Acolyte, you command the respect of those who share your faith, and you can perform the religious ceremonies of your deity. You and your adventure companions can expect to receive free healing and care at a temple, shrine, or other established presence of your faith. And there's there's more details. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, if you're a cleric or paladin or, or any class, and you, your religion is that major of a player in your, your backstory and your life, um, how cool is it that you have the ability, like, to probably know where chapters are in any given city yeah, and to be able to go there, interact and expect, you know, shelter and healing and all that other stuff. And like, if you're really into RP, like you could really start role playing with your DM on a lot of these NPCs that the DM probably would have otherwise never even thought up. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, the company you keep is going to play into that too. Like, is there ro evil rogue in the party? You know, yeah, that's true. You that's true. They don't want to go. They don't fuck it up. I know, right? Seriously. Yeah. Speaking of of rogues, there's the criminal contact feature from criminals. You have a reliable and trustworthy contact who acts as a your liaison to a network of other criminals. You know how to get messages to and from your contact, over, even over great distances. Specifically, you know the local messengers, corrupt caravan masters, and seedy sailors who can deliver messages for you. Yeah, it's like if you pull this and it's. Uh, um, applicable to the situation the party's in as a dm it's like okay well now i gotta come up with some corrupt caravan master you know right here let's go yeah but that's I do fun. like doing that that's super that cool yeah and also like once again party composition is there a narc in the party mm, true like, can you can you pull this off will this guy actually help you or mm -hmm. like are the cops gonna show up yeah exactly and then my last example here is by popular demand, the entertainer's uh, background feature. You can always find a place to perform, usually in an inn or tavern, but possibly with a circus, at a theater, even in a noble's court. At such a place, you receive free lodging <coughs> and food of a modest or comfortable standard. Uh, as long as you perform each night, you get this. In addition, your performance makes you something of a local figure. When strangers recognize you in a town where you've performed, they typically take a liking to you. And I think... If I was to take this background feature, I would also try and push my DM. It's like, hey, can I make some tips every time I do this? Because, uh, like, that makes sense. It really depends on who's in. And then, like, the, uh, you know, Name of the Wind does this really well with Kvothe. He he has uh, a deal set, you know, spoil, light, light, very light spoiler for yeah, that, I yeah. guess. Well, is anything spoilers? There's never going to be a third one. <laughs> But uh, he's coming out with a book actually set in the same world, I think, at the end of this year. It's and it's no not the stone doors. Nope, it Astrid. is not. I know. But anyways. every Google search, I, ma I make a Google search on Patrick Rothfuss like every three months or so, yep. just quarterly just check in. Yeah. And it's never good news. Nope. It's nope. like, hey, I'm going to release a chapter. Psych. Yep. Sorry, yep. Patrick. I hope yeah. I hope you're well. You will you will reach your final state of Rothfuss dumb is when you just forget about it <laughs> uh, yeah i do uh, yeah yeah <laughs> but, you're right but uh but continue with your spoiler because i think it's a good one i know yeah both uh is in bad spot so he lodges up somewhere and has musical abilities and per has to perform every night to ha keep his lodging and yep. then 
patrons come by and like, hey, I love you. Like, fucking play that shit I like. Here's mm-hmm. a piece of gold. Yeah. Fucking twat. Yeah, there's another thing that uh, happens in that book where, like, people like to buy him drinks. Yes. And uh-huh. when he's had enough to drink, he will order some uh, pre-established drink that him and the owner of the tavern know about. Yeah, that, water. That really just means water. <laughs> yeah. So the, the person feels like they're doing something nice for the performer they're like, and th- him and the owner just split the difference on the on the money. Yeah, which is, is clever. Yeah, very clever. Yeah, a lot of his uh, successes are cleverness. But yeah, that can apply to yeah, you. In absolutely. The but how long are you going to stay at the tavern? Like a couple days? Yeah, I mean, typically, well, it just depends. There are, there really are, Plenty of campaigns out there that are city crawls that you're just in the same city. That's you know? true. So. Like if you're doing a yawning portal thing or like, uh, you know, going into the Mad Mage, you're mm-hmm. going to be living somewhere nearby. Maybe you live at the tavern doing this type of thing. Yeah. That could yeah. definitely be a thing. Absolutely. City game for sure. Good yeah. Point. And home based taverns are, are kind of a trope and they're a cool one. They're one I've actually never really gotten to experience, yeah. but I've always think, think they sound fun. So. I don't really have much more to add when it comes to background features. Uh, I just think they're really cool. And uh, the obviously most fun part about backgrounds in general, I encourage players who have not ever made much use of their background feature to keep it in mind when playing and bring it up when applicable. Yeah. Uh, it can have some major effects on the entire campaign. Yeah. You don't want to forget. Also, like, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, you also don't want to blindside the DM too badly where they're like, oh, fuck, I got to come up with an like NPC right now. Right. Maybe you guys come up with that ahead of time. Yeah, I mean that's always open communication and stuff is always nice. Like, yeah, yeah. I think for us, I think I liked I tried to write in some of that stuff myself for you. Yeah, like, which usually hey, I'm use fine it or with. don't. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, <laughs> just to go back to Super Quest Saga, um, our actual play yeah. sci-fi campaign that you should go check out. One of my favorite NPCs, Fred Lowe, only exists because of your criminal background. Right? Yeah, he was my criminal underworld. He contact. was. It was hilarious. Did I um, name him or did you? I named him because uh-huh. I don't think you came up with a name on the fly, and you know. From early on in the campaign, it was a very Outlaw Star-inspired thing. Mm-hmm. And Fred Lowe is nothing like the Fred Lowe from SQS, but Fred Lowe from that anime. Names. They yeah. just share names. I just t- took that name because I, I thought it worked. Oh, yeah. You definitely named him then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next thing that all D&D 5e backgrounds provide are four suggested characteristic tables. Now, these are purely optional to use. These tables can be rolled on or picked from and provide four different types of characteristics that you can apply to your character. Uh, these four types are characteristics of characteristics are your character's ideals, flaws, personality and personality trait and bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, full disclosure, not only have I never used these tables for any <laughs> character that I've ever built, I have also pretty much never even used the ideals, flaws, personality trait or bond section of my character sheet before in my life. Uh, I've just never felt the need. Uh, by the time 5e came out, I was already a D&D veteran of five years. Detailed character concepts fall off me like leaves off a tree. So I, I never needed the extra structure for the inspiration. That being said, yeah, I think including these tables on backgrounds as well as those sections on the 5e character sheet is an absolutely fantastic idea. I imagine a ton of new players utilize them and find them super helpful in fleshing out a deeper, more real-feeling character. I know my first two characters back in 4E days, they were they were basically no personality cardboard cutouts of archetypes I was familiar with rather than actual characters. I was completely lost on the RP portion of D&D for like my first six months of playing at least. And you got to remember, we didn't have like me and my buddies. We all got into together the uh there was no dm to show us the ropes there was no dungeon cast to reference there was no dungeon cast to reference <laughs> i had to make it we it's, had to make it it's true and then i had the benefit of playing under you who had gone through those 
tribulations early yeah, on. Yeah, we we dove right into the RP basically from from day one. Yeah, as a core tenet of like playing the actual game involved that sort of thing. So I mean, I had some of these things written down, but they became like they changed. You they know, did. they're yeah. like, oh, this is what it's actually like when you mm-hmm. start getting your toes wet, and mm-hmm. like, I yeah, those those things changed. Like I discovered who my character was through role through the role play, right? Through like right. experience in game, mm-hmm. and then you know, you write it in pencil, right? So yeah, exactly. You can erase That's it and exactly change right. it. Just like don't um hit. Don't be changing shit without telling your DM, you know, like, yeah. hey, this bond that never came up, like, can I change it to be this person or can I just add this person and will that person, ever, yeah, you know, figure it out. Yeah. You know, those, those leave blank space to, <clears throat> to change it. If if 4E, again, that's where, where I learned back in 2009 or whatever it was, um, if it had had tables like these for for the characters, you also have to remember, like, I, I bought the, the Player's Handbook, and Monster Manual, those mm-hmm. were the first two books that we got. And there was only class and race. There was no background or theme or anything. That came out in later books. And there's absolutely, like, zero suggestion for this. the same way there are these tables. But if I had had these tables, I would have used them because I would have been like, okay, yeah, let me roll. Okay, this is my guy. And I would have went with it, you know? Yeah, but- the, these days it's like, for me... He, you know, my DM says, here's the world and the style of play we're looking for. And mm-hmm. I say, okay, well, here's this is the kind of character I want to make for that style mm-hmm. of play. Mm-hmm. And those things all just come along with that concept, you know, right, right off the bat. So yeah. if you're really starting from a blank slate, like if you guys are just going to start doing some dungeon crawls, figure out who these guys are as you play, you know, like, you know, you're in a tavern. Now you're in a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Go do the dungeon. Yeah. Um, rolling off for these traits if you can't decide or just picking them off of the table is like a great okay let me lean into this hey i like this but i feel like this character should do this and just do that yeah you know you're not like locked into any of this stuff no if you need it to help you get going it's there yeah absolutely i think we use that philosophy a lot like you and i don't really play to the tables and things like you said you mentioned you never yeah yeah. i I sort like it's built in when i start you know i don't ever get to this part because yeah this is like step four in the character creation process and dnd beyond you're not wrong that doesn't make any sense yeah it should be step one yeah it kind of should it kind of should maybe maybe race and then kind of like how pathfinder does it ancestry background and then class hey pathfinder good job (laughs) because look like i was a level zero Mm -hmm. Before you were level one. And now I'm a level one, so my background should be what I pick first. Like, I yeah. knew I knew these, I knew and know these languages. I have these tools from when I was doing this. Now I am an adventurer, a mm-hmm. level one, and now I pick my stats for that. Yeah, you're right. It is kind of a strange thing that is, like, step four, like you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's take a short rest, and when we get back, let's build our own custom background. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. We've returned. Indeed we have. We have fucking background. Indeed we are. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed we are. I did see what you did there. Okay, I made a character. Well, yeah, you you did make a character. I had to to get to step four of the character creation I mean, process. You which can is just the skip there. You can just skip you can. There. Yeah. But you we can. didn't. No. I'm um, not a quitter or a skipper. Okay, gotcha. Corner cutter. <laughs> so I I went ahead and uh before we started recording this episode, I made a few background titles to, to then build a background around. Mm-hmm. Uh the three that I made uh, or came up with were Academy Cadet. Reaver and Magical Experiment, and Brian has chosen Magical Experiment. Yeah. So we have gone ahead and off-camera made the Magical Experiment background. Yes. Um, I guess for a little bit of, like, flavor text, is you were experimented on either magically or, or you know, uh, some, some supernaturally, and it has altered you in some drastic way. Mm-hmm. Um, what did we give the Magical Experiment, Brian? You want to go over it? Well, we need to know who this character is a little okay, bit. Okay, yeah, I forgot about this part. Okay, so, go ahead. Uh, I base this off of my turtle, Sally. Okay. 
All right. Follow me on Instagram to see her. It's Sound Good Inc. <laughs> um, so Sally is um, now a turtle. So yes, they were uh, a large a large tortoise, but they have grown in size to be a humanoid race. Okay. Wow. Okay. We're going. Uh, I it, like that. It's just fucked them up. They can tell it's not like or- other turtles. So in oh, I was gonna say in this world maybe normal turtles don't exist. Maybe not. Maybe yeah. I am the turtle. Yeah. I oh, like that. I do cool, like that. Cool. Cool. Okay. Um. That's pretty much it. Nothing else matters. <laughs> okay, all right. But well, except for the nature of the experiment, the supernatural supernatural experimentation that was done on me mm-hmm. made me disfigured and like not accepted by society. So we um, mm-hmm. we're we're basing our background off that. So we went custom background, and um, you have to click this button that says configure next to it. So we took uh, we called it magical experiment, and you can put a description in there, which Will's given you. And then you can pick from the description. There's a drop down that says um, two skills and two languages. So that's that's what we're going for, right? No, no, we did uh, two two skills and then a tool and a language because you a wanted two sk- a tool and a language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right, you're right. Okay, and then um, the background feature we went with was based off of the one from the haunted one, mm-hmm. and then some of the background characteristics are going to be more of the urchin. Yeah, um, that's true. Did you want to go over the that feature? Yeah, of or the um, the haunted one. Yeah, oh, I can see it now. Okay. Um, the heart of darkness says those who look into your eyes can see that you had faced unimaginable horror and that you are no stranger to darkness. Though they might fear you, commoners will extend you every courtesy and do their utmost to help you. Unless you have shown yourself to be a danger to them, mm-hmm. they will even take up arms to fight alongside you. Should you find yourself facing an enemy alone. Okay, so I like this. This is like uh, people could see that you were an innocent that was experimented on. Mm-hmm. And you may look horrific, but it, but it's because of the horrors you've seen. Yeah, it's not um, your fault. It's not your fault that you're yeah. a monster. Um, <laughs> cool. I think that's a good fit. And what did we pick for skills? So for skills, we got Arcana based off of like the, the, the magical experience, magic yeah. stuff. So now you know what to look for, I guess. And mm-hmm. then also Intimidation. Because you're just so If you want to turn it on, you can. You can. I like that. I like that a lot. Motherfucker, I'm the haunted one. (laughs) You're going to never fuck with me. I'll fuck with you. Um, For the the tool, we're going to go with a disguise kit to kind of help curb the blow of of your look. Of your face. You can sort of exist more normally in society if you have to. He's got the ugly. Sorry. (laughs) We love those here. Um, what language? Uh, we're gonna pick an exotic language, so well, abyssal, because we like demon shit here. Yeah, I think uh, the exotic language is a good choice because, like, the nature of your experiment maybe suffused you with the essence of one of the planes, right? Yeah, some some Baphomet style stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's coming like up that. a lot lately. It, I know it's Baphomet. He should come up. He Baphomet should come up more. Yeah, he should. <laughs> I, miss, much, I miss him. Not as much as Demogorgon. Shout out to Demogorgon. Demogorgon. Um, all right. Uh, what else do we got for this background? Um, we did the feature. We did the skills, the tools. The yeah. Language. So then the, the sort of role play aspect of it that it gives you, um, you know, the um, what was that third thing? It was the background characteristics. So oh, okay. that's the part that brings up the table of suggested suggested characteristics. Mm-hmm. And I was going to pull from the urchin table. So let's just roll some fucking all dice. Right, let's bro. do it. You got man. a D8 handy. Uh, do I? I did. I know. We played just put, our campaign. We, we played earlier. before this for an actual for play like thing four recording hours, for Patreon, yeah. and like <laughs> we packed it all up. So now I'm busting it out again. <laughs> so, um, okay, I've got my D8. I'm going to roll it for the first table. Personality, choose two. So I'm going to roll two D8. So for the first one, I got a one. So it says, I hide scraps of food and trinkets in my pockets. Just in case. 
And then for the second one, I got a two. So I ask a lot of questions. Yeah. You just want to make sure it's safe. Yeah. Is it safe here? So that- Is it okay? <laughs> you made a funny face. Is that normal? What are you using to eat your food? I just eat it straight out of my pocket with my hands. Fresh leavings, man. A fork, you say. <laughs> Uh, all right. So the next table is ID. That was personality traits. I chose two. Nice. Now I'm on to ideals, which is a D6. Okay. I'm just assuming I choose one. Uh, I rolled a one on the D6. Shit. Rolling awesome. bad or low or okay. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's random. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Uh, on a one, uh, respect. All people, rich or poor, deserve respect. You're very, you're a very respectful being. I like yeah, that. you yeah. may be a little gross, but you're respectful. I got disrespected bad. Yeah, I don't want to be like that. To you don't want else. to make anyone feel the way you felt right. when that happened to you. Yeah, and th- that's cool because I went with. Um, I, I think that worked out because I went with like a neutral good character when right. I was developing it. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are evil and chaotic options on here that might not work so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the bonds, that's the next table. I'll roll a d6. Mm-hmm. I got a five. Uh, I wanted to escape my life of poverty by robbing an important person, and I'm wanted for it. That's not very respectful. All right, I think this could be. <laughs> I think this could be reflavored though. Maybe it's I wanted to, wanted to explain. I wanted to escape uh, the place of my magical experimentation, and now that I did, I'm wanted. Oh, like yeah. they put a fucking warrant out for my arrest. Yeah, yeah. So they made it seem like you did something bad when you haven't. Yeah. The, that that mad scientist, he wants you back. Yeah, it's not the 200 pieces of gold pouch I took when yeah. I left. Yeah, it's, it's not, not that. that. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you didn't know what money was when you left. No, it just looked shiny. Yeah, absolutely. I love the way it jingled as I ran. Exactly. All right, cool. I like this already. This is great. <laughs> What's next? Uh Flaws. Oh, no. Okay. We can't be perfect. Here's a D6. We are flawed. I rolled another five. Okay. Uh, It's not stealing if I need it more than someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, no, no. That makes total sense. No, this works, though, because I I feel like you're you're probably an an amnesiac, so you're new to the world, and it just, yeah, it does make sense. You're like, but but they don't need it like I need it, and I need it or I'll die. You know, yeah, so like that SpongeBob episode where he goes to Sandy's bowl. I need it. I need it. I need it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Was that the last one? Yeah, that was it. Okay. We oh we didn't have an ideal or a bond. No, the bond was um, I escaped my life of poverty by robbing an important person, and I'm watching oh, for it. Okay, so your bond is the mad scientist trying to get you back. Yeah, bonds aren't always good. Yeah, I see that now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And my flaw is lines up with that really well. Yeah, it does. It really does. Dude, okay, I was kind of like... Whatever, whatever about the urchin tables, but no, they they came together. That was a good pick, dude. Yeah, they 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 did. The dice <laughs> it, came through it, for us this time, and it fit it very well. So this essentially was the urchin characteristics with the haunted one feature, and then some custom picks on the skills and tools. Yeah. So since we're doing background, and this is part of the background sheet, there is a whole section below that is character details. It includes your alignment, your faith, and your lifestyle. So I went ahead and chose neutral good. My faith is the turtle deity, whatever that may be in this world. <laughs> the turtle guy. I wrote turt deity. Okay. Um, I'm living a poor lifestyle, so I get I, two silver pieces a day to kind of stabilize yourself. You know, I'm keeping food in my pocket. It can't be that great. Yeah. Uh, physical characteristics, hair, skin, eyes, weight, uh, age, gender. That's all specific to your character, yeah. not so much the background. I got no hair. I got scaly skin because I'm a turt. 
I got beady black tired. eyes because I'm a turd. I'm seven feet tall because experiments. I'm 320 pounds because I'm eating a lot of food out of my pocket. No, it's the experiments. It's, it's gotta ex- be. also experiments. <laughs> I'm 15. I'm 15 years old because I'm a teenager. Oof, man, that scientist, man, super yeah. ethically questionable. Well, like I was a regular turtle before. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, it's all. It's still. You're right. Yeah, it's still, ethically questionable, but yeah. not for that reason. You're right. I just happen to be 15. Turtles live a long time. They live like they 100 do. years. They live a very shit. long time. Um, well, tortoises do. The ones that. I have, yes, I have yes, Sally absolutely. in my backyard. So yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm a uh, female gen- for the gender. Um, yeah, a teenage, like mutated. I don't know. I th- pick monk as my class. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. That's a good pick. Maybe put like a ninja spin on it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, for personal characteristics, oh, it logged them. The ones I added. That's cool. Sweet. Um, yeah, and then notes for anything down below that you want to add, like organizations, allies, enemies, backstory, or other. Uh, obviously, some of the things we came up with in, in our talk here about this character would show up there, and I won't be typing them in because they're uh, logged on the recording. Indeed, they yeah. are. Well, was there anything else you want to add to backgrounds, custom or not? Uh, no, I think that pretty much takes care of it. Like, okay, so we have all that established. Now it's time to pick me up and drop me off in an adventure, right? Mm-hmm. As long as you've assigned your stats, which I did in like step two or mm-hmm. whatever. Yep, yeah, right, right. Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, let's get ready for a long rest. Oh, well, do we want to go over my stats? I have them. Uh, no, this is a background episode. This is not an ability score, class, or race episode. Okay. I dump stat <laughs> intelligence. <laughs> nice. All right. Long rest time. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the long rest. This is the part of the episode where we uh, talk about what is always in the background of this show, which is um, you, the listener, and how much we love you. Thank you guys so we much. We too, in fact, love you. Doesn't exist without, well, yeah, it would, but it's really, it's a lot more awesome with, with you guys on board, <laughs> so thanks a lot. Indeed. Um, I don't know if we would have got to this many episodes without them on board. No, so. maybe not. Um, like, the, moment, the momentum train does roll here think, on the Dungeon I, Yeah, cast. I think episode 100 might have been the finale. <laughs> <laughs> if, if no one fucking if listened. No one listened. Yeah, yeah. They're like, okay, man, it's actually a lot of work, and no one's fucking tuning in, so let's <laughs> switch gears we gotta, here. We gotta throw the towel, yeah. I wouldn't be mad about it, no, you know? No. But um, well, that didn't happen, and here we are, no. episode 324? Three hundred forty something. I think this is three forty two. Holy Christ! Yes, episode three fifty is coming, and we've got plans for it. Will doesn't know about them yet. Well, you kind of do. You just don't know that those plans are for that episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, we just just keep not getting around to talking about. There's a lot to do, man. We're doing a lot. Speaking of doing a lot, uh, big announcement. We'll try and hit the top of the next episode. But for all you people out there that are interested in the book Star Seekers Guide to Dragon Star, and you missed the Kickstarter. Well, guess what? Here's your opportunity because pre-orders are now open on Backer Kit, which has just gone live like a few days ago uh, per this recording. And if you are already a backer, you're going to get an email that's going to allow you to edit your pledge if you wanted some of the, the extra goodies that you didn't get the first time around. Um, so there are options in there to just get the PDF if that's all you want, the hardcover book if that's what you want. Um you can also get access to our beta testing. So we have released two, are about to release the third beta test right now on classes, races, and equipment for this space opera science fantasy setting of Drakenstar. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, if you want to get on uh, the early access beta stuff, you could do it there as well. All you got to do is go to drakenstar.com. Uh, the link is in the description, but it's D. R-A-K-E-N-S-T-A-R.com. It'll take you to the Kickstarter. From there, you can pre-order the book. It'll take you over to the backer kit. Really excited about it. Um, 
It's the book is coming along great. Some of the art that we are getting in is fantastic. Uh, we've written about half of the book at this point, and um, it's been challenging, but it's been really rewarding. And I cannot wait to show off what we've come up with to to add to the game of Dungeons and Dragons. So again, check out drakenstar.com um, and and yeah, get your book ordered. Uh, yeah, and special thanks to um, to the people that help work on that alongside. Like, um, yes, I don't know, are we allowed to mention them by name? I believe so. Yeah. So Daniel Gonzalez is essentially the co-writer of the book. Uh, he's writing around fifty, maybe a little less than fifty percent of the whole thing. He's been cracking uh, uh, un- at it. Yeah, he's been uh, invaluable uh, and an amazing wealth of knowledge. So thank you, Daniel, and I look forward to working more and more with you. Yeah, a lot of you from the Discord may know Dag. Yeah, you very well might. Yeah, and um, and then outside of the book, uh, we are still doing the giveaway, our 50k giveaway. We are on the hunt for, for 50k subs on YouTube. <clears throat> if you are not subscribed and you enjoy the show, please go to YouTube and subscribe. We will be giving away once we hit the 50,000 uh, subscriber mark. We will be giving away a copy of Baldur's Gate three, which is coming out in August. Um, to one lucky subscriber who has subscribed, liked one of our videos, and left a comment on any of these videos. Um, so, yeah, get in there. Help support us on YouTube. We're so close to a really big milestone with 50K. And uh, Boulder Sheet 3 is looking kick-ass. I'm going to get a copy myself probably. Um, and I'd be happy to get uh, a copy for one of you guys. Yeah. Um, we might we may not hit the 50K by August, but we're still promoting it. You know, like it, it could take – yeah, is that correct? Yeah, that's say? correct, although I hope we do hit it by August. I it's do. It's poss- It's definitely possible. It's not It's not within reach at all, and it'll be around that time. We just – you know, you know – fucking knows who fucking really knows <laughs> but yeah and and did we uh did we mention um leith as well yeah we i mean the book has a whole team of people we have multiple artists our editor leith has done an amazing job it's essentially taught me many of the things i did not know about writing a book i'm a i'm a pretty talented writer i love writing writing is a big thing that i do but i've never written a book let alone a book that is semi-educational like it has to be uh you know, we're talking about rules and mechanics and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've never written anything like it before, so I'm learning a lot. And not only has Daniel taught me a lot, but Leith has, has taught me enormously. And obviously, big thanks to Mariko. Indeed, who is also one of our editors. Continuity editor, because remember, this book is based off of the podcast, Super Quest Saga. Yeah. Um, <laughs> please check that out and um, go check out the backer kit. And if you missed your opportunity on the initial Kickstarter, now's your chance. Um, and in celebration... <clears throat> of the drive to 50k sorry i'm coughing a whole bunch in the, this long rest but in celebration to the march to 50k um we're also going to be reading a lot more youtube comments instead of reviews i like that but man. we really want to push that like, guys um if if you're listening to the show and you haven't reviewed the podcast yet please go do so I really appreciate it um and with that we're going to start reading some patreon shout outs did you think we were going to forget sometimes <laughs> we do <laughs> sorry sorry uh but we're gonna do them we right make now. up for him as soon as we remember that's right like this time no we just i think we had one extra episode in between yeah this time yeah, that's exactly but, you know here it is get ready for everybody that came to patreon we got robert reed thank you robert robert reed has upgrade what do i do for upgrades <laughs> anyway the upgrade i'll just do the upgrade hey, to the Robert, you the- upgraded thank you man <laughs> Annual subscriber. Annual subscriber. <laughs> Robert Reed. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate Thank you, Robert. Appreciate that. Uh, Alejandro M. Ramos. Thank you, Alejandro. Into the Omega tier. Welcome to the tier Omega. There is going to be some new content dropping for that. I'm, I'm about to finish uh, another game. So. Sweet. And then we got Patrick Shoop, also Thank- into the tier Omega. Thank you, Patrick. And then we got uh, 
Kirkus, Hera. Thank you, Kirkus. Woo, woo. We got Connor. Thank you, Connor. And we got Christopher Yarsowich. Thank you, Christopher. And then we got Ryan Dendariarina. Thank you, Ryan. Woo, woo. <laughs> Alan Levin. Thank you, Alan. And we got Adam K. Gates, annual subscriber. Annual <laughs> subscriber. And we got Bartimaeus Carbulo 6684. Thank you, Bartimaeus. Hell yeah, Bartimaeus. Uh, Milagra. Thank you, Milagra. Who's now an annual subscriber. <laughs> annual <laughs> subscriber. I got Cade5933. Thank you, Cade55933. Damn. <laughs> Thanks, Cade. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, Ryan Ramirez. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, annual Ryan. subscriber. Annual subscriber, Ryan Ramirez. We got Mark Oliver. Thank you, Mark. Mark Oliver. Thank you, Mark. They use pounds. <laughs> uh, Jordan Sayo. Thanks, Jordan. I think the J is like the, yeah. I hope I got that right. Uh, Chase McClay. <laughs> Thank you, Chase. Annual subscriber. Annual subscriber, Chase McClay. Uh, Z-Fan Zyler. Z-Fan. Thank you, Z-Fan. Upgrading to the... The woo tier. Woo. woo. And then Hayden Vandewerfhorst. Thank you, Hayden. To me a tier omega. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh yeah, that's everybody. We did it. All right. Thanks. Thank you guys for jumping on. Hope you guys are enjoying the bonus content on there. More is always to come. Yeah. I'm excited about the early access to Unhallowed, which we will be getting to you guys as soon as possible. Yeah, it's getting close. Um, that's what we were doing before this recording is recording a bunch of Unhallowed, which went well. <laughs> And uh, thank you to all the people on Patreon that continue to uh, vote and do e episode suggestion topics um, and, and chime in on things. We really appreciate all of uh, the collaboration work that we're doing there. Um, if you want to be a part of that, you can always just like email us or go into Discord and, and talk to us there, just make suggestions there. But your voice will ring quite, quite more vibrantly in our Patreon. Quite sonorously. <laughs> yeah, sonorously. Uh, and with that, I think we can call it a game. Let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. The Dungeon Cast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.